You know, I was going to come up with some catchy intro for this podcast. Just forgot about it. We're just going to talk about transition today. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. That's it. Welcome back, everybody. Yes. I don't know if you guys can see this, but there's a fourth man in the fire today. That's right. (laughs) All right. How does that chair feel? No one has sat in that chair before. I'm glad I'm the first. Yeah. That means I don't have to put up with anybody else's indents or imprints. This is good. <laughs> this is good. And it's uphill from here. It's uphill from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is true. This is true. <laughs> hey, Kingdom Speak listeners. Welcome back. As you already can figure out, we have a guest in-house today, which is pretty cool for us. Yeah. Pretty cool for us. Like as in oh. inaugural. I get cold sweats when I think about wiring up people over Zoom for podcasts. <laughs> It's a joy. Oh, oh that's could not you a move? Fair, that's not a fair measuring stick. Could you, you move get the cold camera? sweats about a lot of stuff. <laughs> we can't hear your mic. Oh, there's the lighting is a bit weird. Would you be able to move? And Go then, to the and, bottom left and click <laughs> your microphone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lord, deliver us from Zoom. Thank you, COVID. So, yeah, <laughs> isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. It's time for a little bit of feedback before we get rolling, as always. So, Jake Hodge. Um, commented on our Being Chosen episode and said, such a good series. Thank you for this. We agree. That was that was an epic series on justification and sanctification. Also, a guy by the name of Titus Smith said, thank you all so much for what you're doing. We enjoyed these podcasts very much. God bless, God bless <laughs> Bishop Odom. Say that seven times quickly. God as well as Odom. everyone that contributed to the making of it possible i look forward to hearing your next podcast let's keep doing what we know to do exhorting him thank you again bishop odom that was from quite a while ago when we interviewed bishop odom on talking 2021 oh yes that, that was, was a, cool. that was a good episode yeah absolutely so yeah we definitely want bishop odom back on all right that's it for me i'm going to uh recede into the background here and let you guys take over so welcome to kingdom speak well there's another inaugural event What's that? You're going to recede into the background and let us take over. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the sound effects? Come on, bomb that. Yeah. No, that's not a Bible bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can't you tell we're feeling frisky this morning? We typically record on Thursdays. Ah. This is a Monday. Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. You might want to go back to the old place. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Maybe, maybe we shouldn't record on Mondays. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's special because he's wearing a necktie. This is this true. Is true. Yeah. And you all have your coffee mugs. This yeah. is true. We're on brand today. Yep. Yeah. That's, we that's, have the same coffee mugs. By the way, if you want one of these epic <clears throat> coffee mugs, it's not a Tim Hortons mug, but it will do. Kingdomspeak.ca. It actually does a little better. Tim Hortons mugs are paper, so this is good. Yeah. You've never had a porcelain mug at Tim's? Go in no, and get the old I school. Kinda, no. No. I guess it wouldn't affect the taste anyway, because there is no taste in the <laughs> oh. <laughs> And here after I complimented your coffee. Um, but, you know, I assumed you might say something like that, so I switched our mugs a couple minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you're actually drinking my coffee. 
what does Pastor Raymond Woodward order at Tim Hortons? Extra large, three cream. I don't do sugar. I'm so sweet. Mm. It's just wood mm. has everything. Nice. <laughs> hey, today, you've already figured it out, but we have got a special guest today. And the whole special thing started about three days ago, two days ago. Mm. Uh, yeah. Brother Woodward was with us mm. this weekend. And if I sound a little ragged, We've all got preacher group, don't we? Right. It's because I was screaming and <laughs> shouting amen all mm. weekend long because did we hear some preaching this weekend? Man, if preaching Powerful. isn't your thing, you wouldn't have liked it. But if preaching is your thing. My. Wow. It was, it was an epic weekend. It was. And so this was our first guest mm-hmm. to have in our pulpit. Mm-hmm. Since COVID as well, mm-hmm. oh, goodness. So, can you believe that we're even? I know. It's pretty I, weird. I, yeah, it's it's just. I've said this a thousand times, but like two years ago, if someone would have told us that we would yeah. be living in this, we would have denied it yes. ardently and said probably that we would valiantly fight it off. Mm-hmm. But here we are. So, we really do appreciate you being with us today. Oh. And we <clears throat> we actually worked him pretty hard this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it all, asked him if he'd do a podcast well, he, before he rolls out of town. He preached three it. times. I mean. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to preach today. I'm, I'm drinking your coffee. I'm going to preach. He, yeah, this is ready. rocket fuel right here. Mm-hmm. So we're honored to have you with us today on Kingdom Speak. And, Thank you, Pastor. Um, we're going to dive into a bit of a discussion that just by reason of our conversations yes. privately. We have, we have discussed this before. And um, you, you, I believe you have some incredible insight into the topic of leadership and transition. Uh, but not only do you have insight, and this is a bonus, you also practice what you preach. <laughs> <laughs> that can be a bonus. Yes, so uh, when we were throwing around ideas of what to discuss today, um, you were gracious to accept that. And so I guess to start, um, where I've often heard it said that everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I agree. Would it be a misrepresentation to add another layer to that and say, Really, everything rises and falls on the successful transfer of leadership. I think that's a very accurate statement because 100% of pastors are interim pastors. Everybody dies. So, Hmm. you know, nobody stays in your role forever. So, (laughs) yeah, if you don't transition well, um, the church flounders. And there are a thousand ways to transition poorly. And really, there are very few ways to transition well. I'm not saying it's some kind of monolithic thing. Everybody has to do it exactly the sure, same. Sure. But boy, there are principles there that if you don't live them and if you don't execute them well, the church flounders, the church suffers. And so many people that I know or I have observed, they don't look at the church past their leadership. And I think that's a big mistake because hmm. well every pastor is an interim pastor. We None of us get to do this forever. 
Well said. You don't want to think about the day that he's not going to be there. <clears throat> yeah. But the truth is mm. that day's coming for all mm. of us if the Lord tarries mm. when none of us are going to be here. If if the Lord uh, delays his coming, mm. and, and you know, we, we look at the signs of the times, we look at the news, and, and that's a whole different subject, but we all think imminent, imminent, imminent. That's what we believe. Sure. But the New Testament church believed Imminent, imminent return of right. Jesus Christ. Our, all of our elders that we remember fondly believed in the imminent mm. return of Jesus Christ. And they should have because he could come at any moment. Mm. And he can in our day. I believe he will sometime in our generation. I don't think we're, you know, there's too much that has happened. Um, but then there's not just old age that takes us. There are other things that can take us. Well, that, that, that's what I was going to say because for our church, and, and we've discussed this just mm -hmm. as giving a little bit of history about yes. our church. But our church went through this. Right. Um, and so did our church. Absolutely. Yes. That's right. Yep. We had a, a how, how pastor. How old was he? He was 49, dropped dead of a heart attack. Wow. So. See, that, that's, and so, you know, with, with James McKillop at 36, I believe, mm -hmm. yep. nobody's expecting that. No, of course not. Mm -hmm. And it really threw the church Absolutely. Into a chaotic season. Yeah. So when when do you start preparing for this? <laughs> that That's a loaded question for me because I really believe in what I describe as long <clears throat> ramps, uh, that you set this up early, early. And there are several reasons for that, so many reasons for that. One is that I, I want our church to be exposed to that man and that ministry and that family uh, years before a transition takes place. That's what we've done in our situation. Uh, so in our case, we transitioned to Pastor Jack Lehman's leadership uh, at the end uh, of June this year. Um, he, at that point, had been serving CCC uh, for 19 years. Uh, we also had something else happen um, this past year in September, so we're about a year past that almost. Uh, my dad, who had been our chief financial officer for decades, um, he was there before I came back to be the pastor, and he um, he had cancer and passed away. It was very sudden. It was like a month and a half, and he was gone from hmm. the time that we knew what was going on until he was gone. Wow. But he had mentored a young man named Eric, and um, there was no bump in the road there. You know, again, long ramps. He and Eric had worked together, and he'd mentored him and shown him the ropes for over a decade, Eric was much sharper on the new stuff, the computer stuff, the online sure. stuff, all of that. But dad had this eerie sense of the church financial year where he'd say like just crazy stuff. Like I think the church insurance bill will probably be here Thursday and it would show up in the mail on Thursday. Like he just yeah. had the church year memory. Sure. So sure. Eric doesn't quite have that yet, but boy, he's almost there. And uh, but dad didn't have the computer stuff. So they worked hand in glove. The, the, the end of that story is that when dad passed away so suddenly, it's like for the church, he went in the hospital, he came out, but he came home and he never got back out to service again. And then he had to go back in the hospital. It was an emergency and he slipped away from us so suddenly. Um, for the church, he just disappeared one Sunday and never came back and nothing changed. Nothing skipped a beat. Eric just slid into that role we changed one signing officer card at the bank and we were done. Uh, there was such confidence in Eric because dad had laid his hand on Eric and dad had been trusted for years. 
So I wanted to do the same thing. I, I think the pastoral role is at least as important as the financial <laughs> role. So, so I would think so. Yeah, I wanted similar. to do the same thing. You know, I want to lay my hand on Jack Lehman and not just say to the church, because that's easy, uh, to show the church that he's got my confidence, uh, he's got my support, I'm his biggest cheerleader and biggest fan. Uh, I think he can do it. I know he can do it. I say it. I show it. And the way I show it is by getting him in there early enough to watch so they can watch us work together. And I think wow. that's the ramp thing. And I think that's where we can miss stuff if, you know, we've talked, uh, Pastor Daniel, like I, I, I see churches that say, okay, we're going to bring this guy in and a month from now we're going to transition. I think that's just that's tragic. I've I've um I picked up on something that you've you've said probably three times over the last mm -hmm. five minute little deal here. And and the church didn't even there, there was no change. No. I think that is key. Yes. Because the church to 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 kind of piggyback off of your opening that every pastor is is in transition. Yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. The church is eternal. Right. So somehow we have to manage that aspect that we are continually transient, we as pastors. Yes, absolutely. But the church is is ever eternal. Yes. So not changing is a key thing. Exactly. Yep. Well well the thing is, I, I mean there's there's the balance there. In some ways you're constantly changing. You're adapting to new technology, you're building like you know, you're in a, uh, the initial stages of a building project. So in some ways, it's changing. What you don't want to change is the eternal part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and part of that is, is the principles of leadership. You know, there's, there's a, a scripture, and I can't quote it exactly, but there's a scripture where God says to Moses, uh, you know, put Joshua in front of the people and yes. put some of your favor on him in front of all of Israel. <clears throat> That's transition. Um, but if you need all the favor for yourself, and if you need all the anointing for yourself, and if you need all of <laughs> wow. the, uh, you know, the, the, the acclaim or the compliments or whatever you want to say sure. for yourself, you have no way to set up a transition because you're hoarding everything. And that's where we get churches kind of messed up because we've forgotten that our part of our job, my job's not to look after me. And my retirement or my sure. future, my sure. job is to look after the church. And that's important. One of the, uh, we had the honor to be in the service a few months ago in June when you officially right. um, transitioned mm -hmm. and put Pastor Jack in, in that lead role. Yes. One of the statements that you made there that really impacted me when you were preaching and doing that installation that day was you wanted to be, you wanted to hand off, oh, I yeah. believe the baton mm -hmm. while you could still, while I'm strong enough to cheer. Yeah. Wow. That's a Very statement. Well said. It's, it's so important. It, you know, so many people wait so long until, you know, they have to transition. They're physically weak. Uh, they've got health challenges uh, they're just not able to keep up with the rigors of leadership or whatever, and they wait so long to transition. Um, sometimes I've watched them become a liability 
because Ooh. their their wow. uh, their whole life has changed and their bitter's too strong a word, but they're just upset about you know I'm this age and I can't do what I used to do and I'm not 25 anymore and 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 everything's changing and and they've had to change because they've been forced into it. I just I'm diametrically opposed to that. I want to pass that baton while I've still got the energy, the strength, and the will to cheer. I'm still very invested in our church. Well, that's a big church. part of it. it. It's huge. That's a big part of it. <laughs> I, I'm not just kind of, you know, going to move off to a retirement home somewhere and kind of watch from the sidelines. I'm still integrally involved. The difference is you got to be willing to change seats. You know, we've, we've all used the leadership model. you got to get the right people on the bus you got to get the right people in the right seats on the bus, and you got to get the bus headed in the right direction. That's church leadership. And uh, but but if the 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 leader that was there for all of those years, if he decides I'm checking out because I just am uncomfortable, I don't know what to do, he gets off the bus. We've lost. It takes a bigger person to say I'm going to move three rows back or five rows back mm-hmm. on the same bus. Mm-hmm. You're going to be driving. I'm mm-hmm. going to be back here saying, way to go, pastor. Right. And, and so that has to be intentional. The, um, just for the record's sake, for those that listen to our podcast, you know, we, our church has been through this transition yes. and, and my dad mm-hmm. has been my biggest fan. Yes. And it's gone as smooth, from my perspective, as yes. transitions can go. Awesome. And so I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. If I could push back on a point and maybe verbalize a question that, sure. that one of our audience may, may have. So they know Raymond Woodward, who, who doesn't. I, I had someone send me a, a text message when they saw that you were with us this weekend and said, I get asked often when someone finds out I'm from Canada, do you know Raymond Woodward? <laughs> I said, yeah, I know that feeling. Does he live near my brother-in-law in Vancouver? Yeah, I get yes, that yes, too. yeah. So we see him when we're when we're out getting more ice for our igloo because that's the majority of what Canadians <laughs> yeah, yeah, do, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So someone may be able to look at you and say. <clears throat> At your age, you're you're welcome to disclose if you wish. But so at your age, you're you're maybe approaching transition younger mm-hmm. than what yes some others would do. Oh, absolutely. Okay, you're 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 diving into this idea. So what do you say to the to the? I don't want to say the critic in, mm-hmm. in a wrong sense, but that would say, well. I mean, you, you travel literally, exhaustively around the world. Is this really a transition, or is this just a move that says, um, I'm, I'm away two-thirds of the year, I think is what mm. you've said yep. on average. Um, and and I am a pastor that if, if I go out, it's to hear Raymond Woodward preach or someone like that. So what do I do? with mm-hmm. my ministry. Are you, are you tracking, I'm tracking with me? So what do we do with that to keep that guy, that elder, mm-hmm. with all respect, from getting off the bus? Like, mm-hmm. Is there another role 
that he can step into. So it's a great question. Um, first of all, yeah, the, the travel thing came at us totally unexpectedly. Um, I was on, um, uh, a dozen years I was, I was on the, uh, global missions board for our fellowship. Um, before that, um, a couple of, of elders that kind of had laid their hand on me in a certain sense, uh, they had opened some doors for me and it just kind of crept up on us. We weren't expecting that to happen. I never envisioned myself. First of all, I'm, I'm not really, and uh, in, in this is a whole different podcast and a whole different discussion, but I don't really consider myself. Schedule it. Yeah. <laughs> Schedule it. As long as the coffee. Uh, uh, yes. Hey, we might be able to charter a, fl- there, yeah, we a flight for you. Charter too. a flight to Tim Horton. Never mind. Okay. So. Oh, man. Yeah. I knew I'd get that. Yes. I was surprised there wasn't a sound effect there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I really, and this is not anything. It just is fact to me. I, I don't consider myself a preacher. I, I consider myself a teacher who preaches. Um, so you do do that. Yes. Be, be, and that's, <laughs> you know, teachings in the blood. My dad was a high school principal all of his career. My sister's got her degree. My daughter's got her degree. I was headed that way and God kind of moved me around. So, um, so when we transitioned at CCC, um, constitutionally, I am the bishop of the church. Uh, we don't really use that title uh, at CCC. And, and they, now, because of positions in our fellowship, they've heard people call me bishop. It doesn't weird anybody out. Sure. But in our church structure, if you look on our webpage, I'm the teaching pastor of CCC. Um, I'm not even sure I like that term. In fact, just before we transitioned, I read this really great article called No More Teaching Pastors. And basically what they were saying is, if you're a teaching pastor, you don't really have the heart and the guts of the church in your passion. You just want to you know, be able to get in the pulpit. And really, I don't think that's true of me at all. Sure. But, but that's what we did. And the reason I did that is because, um, for one thing, uh, New Brunswick is... something like 51% French Roman Catholic Bishop means something different to many people in our city than it would mean to us. So that's just our personal preference. Um, but the other thing is I felt like using teaching pastor with the church sounds like I'm on Jack's team instead of he's still on my team. Very good. So, so that's something we did. Now I'm, I'm coming to your question though, because I think there's all kinds of roles in a church for an elder. There's, there's uh, teaching, uh, you know, they could give him a Bible class, a service a week. They could do all kinds of things to give him this niche where he can feel fulfilled. Um, and, and the other thing, though, I, I, I think is we didn't see this travel coming and going out and preaching or teaching or whatever. That just kind of happened long before that. I had already made the choice because sure. this is a life principle for me. I committed these things in writing to myself and even to others years ago, I feel like if I always make room for others, God will always make room for me. So I made room for Jack to lead, to be in front of the staff, to cast vision. Uh, Now, in those days, in the early days, I'm right beside him or behind him, and we're talking privately, and then he's casting the vision. But it was very intentional that... He's the face of that. Sure. So I made room for him, and I feel like, and and the way I would answer is, I feel like God made room for me to do something that was fulfilling, 
Um, and, you know, like I, I've said, uh, I may have said this to you as we were chatting this weekend, but, you know, I've always said, I don't have to do this. Sure. I've got a sure. great life. I've got a wonderful wife. We've got great kids. We've got little precious granddaughters, four of them. Uh, I've got a wonderful life. I could sit at home, be part of CCC, be the happiest guy in the world. And so when COVID happened, one of the benefits personally for me from COVID, it may be the only benefit, um, <laughs> but one of the benefits is I got to actually walk through that and prove it. If, sure. if all of your travel, and I had always said, if it's all gone tomorrow, I'll thank God for all the meetings and all the friendships and all the experiences, and I'll just be content. And sure. I got to prove that this last year. March the 15th, 2020, everything shut down. And as we all know, it's been shut down for a long time. I haven't missed a beat on that. I didn't right. sit at home moping because I couldn't be at this conference or that conference. And right. that's so key. I'm taking too long here. No, but this is great. But this here's great. the thing. For, for, from the question that you asked, uh, you know, kind of on behalf of somebody that may be listening, I, I think you've got to find your sweet spot of ministry with the Lord, not with the church. This, this is so key that CCC is what I do for the Lord. I don't, I'm not their boss. I'm not, you know, in charge of everything. God gave me a role there and I did it to the best of my ability. And part of that was setting up the next guy to do that. And I feel like if you approach it that way, that this is what I do for God, this is not who I am. God will provide and I really believe this, God will provide the, the who you are for the next phase once you transition out of that responsibility. There are all kinds of places where the, the bishop, the elder, uh, the predecessor is still there, still very involved. Sure. I think that's way more typical than what we're doing. But, <clears throat> you know, that again, that's, that's mutual. Uh, you, you have to figure that out. And that is something that has happened here. Yeah. Um, because my dad was, you know, he's, he's 74. Mm -hmm. So I have been in senior leadership here for 11 years. Wow. So he was 63. Yep. When, when we transitioned. And then my dad went into a, a season of traveling. Mm -hmm. Probably five, six years <clears throat> at least yep. where, you know, he'd take his motor home every winter and just went and helped home mission churches, smaller churches. Perfect. Yeah. Our church paid him. Yes. Obviously, because you should yep. pay your elder, but, sure. um, and that would be another podcast that we could, <laughs> are you keeping track of this? Yeah. I got four episodes coming up here <laughs> okay. after this one. Okay. I need Good. another cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> But we, because of the blessings of God and the arrangement that we had, were able to say, go spend three weeks yes, there. Yes, right. And we got it. Yes. Okay. So he went there, clearly ministerially. Of course, it's a blessing to have an elder, an elder with that yeah. kind of anointing, wisdom, experience. Sure. To go in and on a grassroots, begin teaching and unpacking in a setting oh, where... A church like that couldn't afford to bring somebody in. Right. So, but at the same time, he is feeling fulfillment. 
Yes. The church and the and the overall kingdom is being strengthened, bolstered. Um, and it, it was just a blessing. Absolutely. All the way around. Let me piggyback on that. You know, for, for me, all of my life, the three things, and, and I, I think, again, this, this is episode number five on the list of podcasts <laughs> to do, but I, but oh, I think man. one of the things is you've got to sit down in your own ministry and say, what is my sweet spot here? You know, what, mm-hmm. I, I, I say, what makes me fulfilled, but that sounds selfish, but it's not. Because when you're fulfilled, you're doing something, you and God together, that brings fruit for the kingdom. Right. And it brings you great joy because you have this sense, I'm doing what God created me, crafted me, called me to do. Um, for me, that has always been, always been teaching, mentoring, and missions. Always. Years ago, long before I was on a global missions board, long before I even took missions trips, teaching, mentoring other leaders, uh, missions. I'm still doing the same thing I've been doing for 40 years. Nothing has changed with that. And and so I think to sit down and think to yourself, uh, what, what is that sweet spot for me? If your sweet spot is I'm the pastor of this church, then that sweet spot's not going to last for your whole lifetime. Mm. It can't because you're going to get elderly. Mm. You're going to lose some physical strength. Um, You know, you're not going to be able to do everything you once did. That's not my sweet spot. That was part of my sweet spot. Teaching, mentoring, missions. We've got, like you guys, we've got a great missions church, a heartbeat for missions. So when I go out or when your dad went out, the church is feeling fulfilled. This is part of missions. We're sending somebody to go teach a home right. missions church. That's missions. Right. We haven't changed our purpose. Like you said earlier, the church is eternal. So we try to fit in that river knowing that we may need to uh, slow down, let somebody else's canoe move ahead of us in the river, right. but we're still part of it. Right. That's huge. Well said. Um, I, I, this, this is a dangerous one to just pull off because we don't have time, but we, we briefly we've got a list. So yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> do you, do you think sometimes, and you can just hopefully answer them, and if not, we will just do it again. <laughs> do, do you think we sometimes elevate certain aspects of the fivefold ministry Oh my! Yeah. above the effect, yeah. if you will, of the others? So namely I'm talking, if you're not a pastor, you don't even have a ministry. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a real challenge for us. In fact, actually, I'm sitting on a committee right now, and we're discussing how to um, recognize and promote and advance the five-fold ministry without just messing up all the structures that we do have. You know, it's not about, you know, we're going to overthrow pastors, and, you know, it's, it's not about that. It's just about trying to come to grips with terminology and, and, and whatever. So we've had a couple of discussions, and um, I think it's going to be very profitable. And, and listening to those uh, men and women on that call when we uh, our first meeting was by Zoom, uh, as we've all done forever. <laughs> um, but um, I, I think that's really important. I, I think, you know, in particular, we watch evangelists who are very, very effective. Sure. God called evangelists. And they feel the pressure of, I'm not going to be able to support my family for the rest of my life if I don't become a pastor. And I think that's a tragedy. But again, if you've got a kingdom-minded church, I know churches that have adopted, 
or lack of a better word, they've adopted an evangelist. He doesn't have to worry about an income. He doesn't have to worry about that. That's Very part good. of their mission or their ministry because they believe in fivefold ministry. Now, the way I see fivefold ministry, uh, and, and this is, uh, I think, a core belief of mine, not just about fivefold ministry, but we talk about submission um, in, in the, the church as well we should. You know, the, if you don't submit to God's commands and God's plan of salvation, you're, you're, you're messed up. You know, you, you, so, so submission is very important. But I, I listen to a lot of people that see submission as this arbitrary top-down line. Um, and I don't see it that way. I see submission as a spider web. It's mutual submission. So, sure. so you don't rank, in the case of the fivefold ministry, and I think the New Testament bears this out, you don't rank these uh, giftings and say, this one's the top one, and all these others come under right. this one. Right. Um, in, in fact, there was an old acronym using the hand on fivefold ministry, apostles govern, uh, prophets guide, evangelists gather, pastors, um, oh, I can't remember that one, and, and teachers ground. And, and so we, we actually modified that in, in our little committee work. Uh, because we felt like that that miscommunicates that apostles govern, that they're the, the, the top. So we said apostles, they go. They're, they're, they open up new fields. They start new churches. They sure. crack open new areas. So apostles go, and, and the rest were fine. But pastors, that first one was uh, guard. Uh, that was okay. the old one, pastors guard. And that sounded like defensive. So we said pastors grow. So we still got all the G's and we still got all five <laughs> fingers. We haven't amputated anybody, but, but I thought that was better because that old illustration, as, as helpful as it might have been, it really s- sounded like a hierarchy. And I don't think that's the purpose of the fivefold ministry. In fact, I think another purpose of the fivefold ministry is to keep five initiatives in front of the church. Apostles keep missions in front of the church and planting new areas and taking new territories and raising up new ministries. That's the, the apostles. Um, prophets, they give us these prophetic words. They guide us, and, and on and on it goes. Evangelists help us keep an evangelistic mindset in the church. I think the fivefold ministry, it, it's, it's through people that have those callings. But the calling is not about them. And I think this is the, this is the core of our whole discussion here today. And that's not just a nuanceical difference. No, my goodness. It, it's <laughs> not, you know, I don't care what you call them. If you want to call them apostle so-and-so or prophet so-and-so, really, that's fine. I would be uncomfortable with that personally, uh, no matter what somebody thought I was. But, but I think it's about more than just that man's ministry. I think it's about keeping those five initiatives alive in the church. And uh, you know what? We could go far afield. Yeah, so that, I'll just quit talking. This, that is a very important discussion. Listening from the sidelines here, there's really no room for insecurities in this kind of stuff, is there? You have to get over that. That's a powerful statement right there. Yeah. The, I, I think a lot of stuff derails because of insecurity or mm-hmm, jealousy. Or mm-hmm. When you start talking about, you know, changing the name on the front of your door to a different position, you can't be afraid of that. Right, exactly. But, you know, even in the corporate world, it's rife for complaints, infighting, because you have a leader who's a bit insecure, Mm -hmm. and not in a bad way, but maybe just doesn't like to think about the fact that he's going to do something else. Mm -hmm. It just changes up. Now, now here's where I would uh, beg to differ with you. You said... 
you're trying to be kind. Not in a bad way. I would say, yeah, that's a bad, that's a bad way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's in. If you're insecure, it's in a bad way because, like you said, you you knocked it out of the park in that first sentence. There's no room for insecurity here. Mm. And I think that would bring me to what, to me, is the major point of succession. Um, we have so many. I don't know how to say it, bad successions. Um, and you see churches flounder and suffer. You see, and they they seem to be the one that catches it on the chin every time. The uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Which church. is what we say whole, we're giving our life to. All the right. saints are sitting back watching up front. The yes. chaos going on behind yes. the pulpit. Absolutely, it's, it's <laughs> awful. And it, it's like to me, you see the signs, and it's like watching a slow motion train wreck, yeah. and you yeah. can't stop it. Yeah. Because you're not in control of their church, but you're you're thinking, come on, guys, you yeah. you can do better than this, right? So so that brings me to you know you've got all these people that I don't know any kinder way to say it, but they just they're bad at transition. Mm-hmm. They've never prepared. It's it's much easier to prepare a church for transition than it is to prepare a man for transition. Oh, like that's a Bible just, bomb! Wow. Oh, oh there we go. Wow. Look, there, there it is. There. That's yeah. absolutely It's true. all about the man, isn't it? It's all about the man. It, it is because God doesn't call, you know, assemblies, organizations, whatever. He calls men and women mm-hmm. to his kingdom. And then, you know, we do that as a way to wow. help us lead and help us, you know, facilitate and whatever. So it comes down to that man. And if he's insecure, mm-hmm. you've got a chink in the armor that just it's it's too much can get in there and Ugh. hurt things. So that brings me to the good patterns of transition that we have, you know, and you do have some in scripture that are wonderful. Um, You know, you've got Moses laying his hand on Joshua in front of all of Israel and putting his favor, his anointing, his blessing on Joshua so that all of Israel can see that he's doing that. But then you've got John the Baptist. And that to me is, um, that's the model. John the Baptist says, I must decrease so he can increase. That's transition. That's succession. Wow. That if I'm not willing to decrease, then he can't increase. And and, wow. and so that, that belongs. So it's a zero sum. Yes. Right. Well, well, so many people approach it like, you know, it is a zero sum. So mm. many people approach it like I'm going to maintain all of this, everything. <laughs> I'm going to keep everything. Yes, yes. <laughs> but you're going to be the leader. <laughs> you do the work. So call me the bishop, but I'm still senior pastor. There, th- oh, that, yes. Yes. Yeah. that that is so common <laughs> yeah. because they still control the preaching calendar, the church calendar, the finances. They <laughs> they still run everything. Uh, you know, like. Sometimes I was telling you, I was in one church where I just knew I had breached protocol because when I was finished ministering, I passed the senior pastor the mic and I could hear almost a collective gasp from the church. Like you're supposed to pass the bishop the mic because he was still in charge literally of every service. Right. The pastor, I'm not sure what he did during the week, but on Sunday he sat there looking meek and mild. <laughs> uh, that's what he did. I, you know, and I, I was there. I, I saw it. It was, it was pitiful. I if you would bad. tell us where that was, our ratings would go up. Yeah, oh. I know they would. Yes, yeah. Yeah. You'd have to get me a lot of coffee. To yeah. You can just give us a first name. Yeah, there you go. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
Uh, well, I think the first name of the bishop was Boss. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think that was the name. But, but, but you know. It's so true, though, man. It, it, it is true. It's, it's you've got to decrease. So you've got to willingly mm. give up things that, you know, there are some tasks. Here, here's what happens. I'm going to give you all the bad tasks of pastoring. I'm going to maintain control of this, 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 yeah. but I'm going to give you counseling. I'm yeah. going to give you, <laughs> you know, hospital visits. I'm going to give you all the stuff that I didn't like to do. Right. And you're going to be this. That's not giving, that's not a transition. Um, that's almost an execution. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just, it's just wrong. So, so, but, but this thing, I am so locked into this because the, the challenge is that decreasing is harder than dying. Everybody's going to oh. die. So, so, you know, every pastor is going to die. Wow. So if I'm waiting to, to die so we can transition, that's, a, wow. that's awful. It's like running the church off a cliff. Okay, when I die, then he can have it. Decreasing is way harder, and so many people don't do it. So that's John's model. And then, of course, you've got Jesus who says, um, greater works than these shall you do mm-hmm. because I go. Now, mm-hmm. he says, go to my father. But but I think that's a principle of transition, that uh, he's going to do greater things uh, than what I did. And it's because I was willing to step out of that role. I'm not stepping out of the church. I'm not stepping out of the kingdom. I'm not stepping out of ministry, right. but I'm stepping out of right. that role. That's phenomenal. And greater things than what I did. If if the next leader doesn't do greater things, you failed because you didn't set him up. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're not a springboard. You're 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 like a, a, a trap that holds him down. So so is it is it back to your statement about which is phenomenal. Decre- decreasing yes. is more difficult than dying. Every time. John the Baptist went through a season during that decreasing mm-hmm. epic of his life where he still needed reaffirmation yes. that Jesus was the one. Yes. Did I forerun the right guy. Exactly. Not speaking. Just like a sober second thought he had. It's like, yes. man, I, did I just do the right thing? Right. Yeah. So is that is that also part? Absolutely. Is this the one who should come or do we look for right. another? Right. Even even dare we say after trends after the the wheels have already been set in motion? Yes, I, I think so. Uh I wish I had my dad here because I could ask him. I wonder, yeah. I wonder how many times he's gone, oh, snap. You, you, you I know, hope this works out. <laughs> I, I don't think it's, well, you know what? I, I don't know about all the bad transitions in the world, but I don't think in your case, I don't think in our case, it's so much after the transition has been initiated. I think by then you're committed to it. So, you know, I don't have my mind and my heart and my ears closed to anything if we are having a serious issue at CCC and there's something I could do to step in to help Jack negotiate it, even if Jack was part of the issue or the problem, it doesn't mean I'm going to go in and attack or, or undermine. It means I'm going to go in and try to help him right. sort through that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but I don't think it's so much after, but I think leading into it, certainly. And I, but, but really I think it's for both parties. You know, I know with, with Jack and myself, uh, there were times when he was getting pulled 
he's been invited to pastor half the churches in Atlantic Canada at one time or another over the last 20 years. He's very capable. Uh, his wife's very capable. Um, you know, so I think there were times he's thinking like, you know, all of my friends are pastoring my peer group. They're all pastoring and I'm still the assistant. pastor. That, that is massive. Yeah, I've, sure. I've, I've experienced that. Sure you have. Not for maybe the length of time that say Jack did, yep. but um, I've been on staff here for 20, 24 years yes. yeah 23 years so when all of my contemporaries or at least that's what yes. it appeared like right. to me at the time were in senior leadership roles yeah. and the discussions would be had like you know what are you gonna do mm -hmm. and and here here's another minefield but it's almost like they they would present the idea of like are you gonna go evangelize because like evangelizing is the great catalog yeah. of churches, you know, and you fight internally, you internalize. Mm -hmm. I don't even have a ministry. Yes. Cause I'm just mm -hmm. an assistant. Yeah. Now, thankfully that was not something that was, was a huge uh, millstone around my neck. I was, I was very content. Mm -hmm. But that's part of being the Elisha to an Elijah. Yes. You, you Absolutely. The, the pouring the, the, the water on the hands mm -hmm. of, of, the, of the prophet in the room. Yes. You know, it, it makes you wonder, how, how many times did Elisha handle Elijah's mantle in private? Let me hang that up for you. Yeah, right. Wow. Before he ever did on that's a public a stage. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things, and you've, you've been in the same situation, one of the things that helps me in this stage of life is that I spent the first half of my ministry as an assistant pastor. CCC mm -hmm. is the first church I've ever pastored uh, as far as a lead pastor. I've been involved in pastoral ministry and all the things that I do now for, for 40 years almost, but only half of that as a lead pastor. And I think that helps me when I'm looking at trying to help uh, when I was trying to help Jack through that season, because I had been through that season as well. Uh, in fact, part of the time we worked together, we worked uh, under the leadership of a great man, uh, Ed Goddard, who pastored a church in St. John, which is Jack's hometown, and I went there to assist. And so we worked together um, even then. And and I think just there, there's always, the devil's going to make sure that you know, we, we've talked about insecurities in the senior guy that's stepping out, but there's also insecurities in that younger man that's coming in. For Inse sure. Insecurity, the male ego is pretty universal. Mm. So so that's a, an issue. Like if he's so insecure that he can't do anything for God, his ministry doesn't matter until he gets to that. That's not, uh, that's not anointing. That's not calling. That's not gifting. That's destination disease. When I get there, then I'll do something for God. That's just crazy. Destination disease. <laughs> I love it. Podcast well, six. yes, yes. <laughs> that is so good. Absolutely. It's, well, if I may, you know, we just had the Olympics, and when those guys pass the baton, there's, I think they call it the transition box where you got to be running full steam before you get the baton. Yes. With nothing in your hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
You don't you don't stand and say, okay, give me the baton and I'll start running. Yes, exactly. You got to be moving. That's fair. Right. Or the entire team loses it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what happened. Tapping into um, a previous episode with Jerry Enzi. Mm. Yeah. He made such a statement at the end. You ever notice that sometimes on the home stretch, Mm -hmm. it's like pow, 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 pow. And he literally just started opening up. You can't direct a stationary object. Wow. Yeah, that's a powerful statement. And so in this case, to the younger generation, you you just got to get up in the morning, lace your boots, and do something. Yes, exactly. How many times from your position, uh, I I can remember having frustration. I, I think that's probably an element that will be evident in good transitions and bad yes it's called humanity yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and as you just mentioned a moment ago ego yes that plays a role sure it does i can remember going in to different conversations with my dad when the frustration was highly likely to be internalized i may have been perceiving it to be a bilateral mm-hmm. frustration but in retrospect yeah it was an internal conflict yep. Where I just felt like we weren't doing enough. We weren't, Mm -hmm. you know. And probably part of that was the vision that God was starting to put in me. For what? Because I'm doing a lot of the things that I felt I was inhibited from doing now. Exactly. In my position. So it clearly was not that it was wrong. Right. It was just a timing Timing. thing. But from, from your perspective or from the Elijah's perspective, you, I never had my dad say, no, nah, that's a that's a crazy idea. Nah, I shouldn't say that. We we had we had a few things, but yet he, there there was a ver- very much an openness that yes. Well, you're frustrated. You feel you want to do something. What what was you wanting to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the easiest thing in the world to do for a successor in that period of time is just to hang out in the land of frustration and never bring a solution. <coughs> yes, and never throw it to the table and say. This is what I think we mm-hmm. we need to do. Yeah. I, I want to buy a bus and start a Sunday school route. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It, you know that's that's the thing. If if what you're wanting to do is for the church, for the kingdom, there's a sense there that I think that older man, um, you know, in in what we'll we'll just say in the last years of his leadership, and you're come kind of coming on, he'll see that. I think sometimes what happens is it's really not about the church or the kingdom. It's about I'm wanting to carve out my role Ish. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to do. And, and I'm I, looking for some minions. Yes. <laughs> well, or. I'm such a leader. Give me some followers. Yeah. Exactly. There you yeah. go. There you right. go. Right. That's a great statement. Mm. You know, we've made the pulpit the center Oh leadership. yeah, yeah. And so, if mm-hmm. you're not in the pulpit to a yeah. certain amount of times or whatever, then he hasn't given you any authority, or he ha- or he's not investing in you properly, or he's not preparing you properly. And and really, uh, you know this, I know this. The pulpit's very important. Preaching is very important. I don't diminish that at all. But to say that is the most important thing that I do every week in our local church, even like from the perspective of a senior pastor, the week is a long time. 
And that that hour on on Sunday or twice wow. on Sunday or whatever, yes, I'm leading. Yes, I'm directing. Yes, you better have a word from God. And yes, the church gets gets ministered to. But there are a thousand other things in the run of a week that the, are setting up a church. The goalposts of a Sunday to Sunday are pretty broad. Exactly. <laughs> so, so if you're sitting around, you know, grumbling because you haven't been put in the pulpit, and I'm amazed because I hear that comment sometimes from younger leaders, and and you know, I'm I'm just waiting for them to kind of realize it themselves sometimes that all you've talked about is pulpit, 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 pulpit. You don't want to go buy a bus and do a Sunday school route. That's too much work. You right. want to you want to be in the spotlight. So so it's not just sometimes I get to talk in, in my I'm 59, you said or you alluded to it earlier. I'm 59. I'm going to be 60 next June. In my uh, age group, I get to talk now, which is a, a neat thing. Uh, I get to talk to older leaders about transition and younger leaders about transition. And the message to the older leaders is usually along the lines of let go. And the message to the younger leaders is stop rushing. Because if you're not willing to wait for God's timing and, and you know, but he's in the way, but he's not releasing, but he's not letting me, but he's not. The fact of the matter is you can go do all kinds of things that benefit that church right now before you're ever given the reins of a staff meeting or the pulpit or whatever. And I think, again, it's not just for older leaders. I'm going to make room for other people. I'm going to worry about how does the whole church responding to this. And, you know, over the last 20 years in our context, our building was older. Uh, it wasn't set up very well. Over the last 20 years, we've been in literally renovations in some part of that complex for 20 years. Um, that's not my strength. And by I, the way, it's beautiful well, now. Thank you. That's very kind. I, I uh, you know, that's not my strength. I, if I hammer two boards together, they're going to be crooked and the nail's going to be bent. And, and But we needed to set that up for the future. Sure. And it was easier for me as the senior leader to say, hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to invest in this. Um it was easier for me to do that than it would have been for Jack to come in and say, Hey, Oh, now we got to do this and this and this it, it, for the senior leader, handle every problem you can handle, uh, deal with every bad situation you can deal with. But again, it comes down to male ego and it comes down to decreasing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to handle any issues or problems or, or things that weren't up to par. I wanted to handle it. If there was any fall to take, if there was any criticism to take, I wanted to take that because I'm the guy that's slipping into a new role. So I want that criticism to be, if anybody's going to be mad at anybody, I want them to be mad at Raymond Woodward, not mad at Jack Lehman. So if there's anything that I can take, and that's still to this day, if there's, if we face some issue that we don't see coming, if we face some issue, um, you know, in the next few years as a church, if there's difficult conversations and decisions to be made, that's where I'm going to lean in not lean in over him to, mm -hmm. to tell him what to do. But if he's got to deal with something, uh, I consider that part of what I can do to help him in the future is I can lean in and kind of divert some of the flack and, and, and the friendly fire or whatever it is. And sure. I can take that and 
again, for the good of the church. So to me, that's the role of the older leader. Set up that guy for success. Don't set him up to be in your shadow. If he's in your shadow, if people think, well, you know, he's not the same, he's not the same as Raymond. Well, good, wonderful. He wasn't ever supposed to be. Sure. Um, and, and so that's, that's wonderful. But I want to divert any of that from him. That's my job. I've, I've joked about it, and I'm only half joking that my job for the next 20, 30 years is to cut people off at the knees that give him problems. And I will be really good at that, actually. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. And that's not even a joke. I'll be good at that. So you don't want to be, and I, I'm, I'm hoping this has been tongue-in-cheek, but I've heard some, uh, actually it was a pastor's wife that said it, she said, if something ever happens to my husband and he dies, she said, I, I'm, I'm just going to go find me a church and I want to be the biggest pain in the neck for oh a pastor goodness. that I can find. And I was like, yeah. I've never heard anybody uh, actually express <laughs> that, but I've met a lot of people that have done that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm familiar with churches that uh, everything, you know, one, one, um, uh, pastor uh, that just can't can't let go, can't let go, can't let go, and he's elderly. And when I say elderly, I mean elderly. And it's just a tragedy because he's cannibalizing his own ministry. He, he's he's tearing it apart. It's starting to wow. shrink, and and people are starting to find other places to <clears> go. And and sadly, of course, some of them will end up in a non-apostolic setting just because there was no option and they just felt like i can't do this to my family i'm losing my kids because the church feels like entertainment night on a in a seniors complex it's just it's just not not right and and one of the recent decisions in that particular setting is uh they went through some kind of process and that if if he's no longer the guy if he dies or something there's no succession there's no younger man his wife is going to step in. Oh, yeah. And I thought, boy. you know, um, I, I just thought, wow. you know, you just cannot let go. And that happens not that overtly. I've never heard anybody say what you said, but I've seen it happen. I, I think that's the ultimate frustration coming out to the top that I'm older now. And so I'm just going to be a miserable old grumpy person. It's wrong. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping that was a tongue-in-cheek statement, but you know I, I agree. I, w I wish it was. Yeah. I wish it was tongue-in-cheek, but but really, I see people that they sit on the pew, they're the biggest critic, they're the biggest holdback. Uh, everybody, because they wear their feelings on their sleeve, everybody's watching to see how they're going to react to what Pastor right. just said or right. the vision Pastor just cast. And all that so far out of my spirit. I, I just, you know, the vision now has passed from me to, to Jack. Um, but uh, Tim Lee is a friend of mine. He pastors a wonderful church in Singapore. And his mentor was Steve Willoughby, who was a great, great missionary. Steve and Barb were just powerful apostolic people. Um, and Tim said this because he'd served under Steve Willoughby's ministry for years. He said, the reward of loyalty is empowerment. If you're loyal to that church and that pastor and that elder, then eventually you get empowered to do what God's called you to do. And then he flipped it. And the reward of empowerment 
his loyalty. Well, as the older man, when well, I empower somebody to come alongside right. and then take over, so Jack's I, I get loyalty. So Jack's not looking to go in a weird, totally different direction, and he's not looking to erase me from the church history. Sure. We've worked at this together for 20 years. If the Lord tarries and we're both good health-wise, we'll be still working at it together for the next 20 years. The difference is the seat on the bus. And you got to be secure enough to get up out of the driver's seat and set somebody else there and move back a little bit. And, and not cheer. abandon the ride. Yeah, not jump off or not go clear to the back and sit behind all the saints and be the worst saint in the world. Yeah. Which... which happens sometimes wow um you you've spent the last few moments speaking to the the elder mm. what what would you say to the younger the younger guy which there, there's been a lot of reference throughout absolutely sure. the entire episode to both elements yep. but as a wrap um to the guy that is that's that's feeling the chafe of mm -hmm. where he isn't yes yep. you know that i'm i'm, I'm it's, it seems like i'm saddled with being the second in command yeah which can be a calling for some people sure it can um is it possible for that guy so he if if if, if he begins adopting he being the younger guy he begins adopting this outlook that he's keeping me from the will of God. It, it, what, what do you say to that guy? That it, it's, it's, it's the will of God for me. I've, mm -hmm. I've had independent voices in my life say, this is the path you're going to walk into. But there's this one obstacle. Yeah. yeah. And it's him. I yeah. can name him. Yeah. I got his <laughs> picture on my desk. Yeah. <laughs> Or at the shooting range. <laughs> or at the shooting range, yeah. <laughs> a dartboard in my closet. Yeah, at home. yeah. Um, I would say two things. First of all, a practical thing. You know, you're, you're looking at that guy as a younger man. You're looking at the elder and you're saying, I'm so frustrated with him because he won't let go of that position. He won't let go of that role. He won't let me into that role. He's got me blocked from that role, and that role is the will of God. You've done the same thing that you're accusing the elder of doing. You've made it all about that one role. If you uh, can't sit in the driver's seat, you're not going to cooperate. You're, right. you're, you're going to you know, be busting the windows out of the bus and so you have throwing same, your half-eaten sandwich. Yeah, You exactly. have the same disease. You have exactly yes. the same disease. Mm -hmm. It's just at a different stage of development. Yeah. He's mm -hmm. got, he's got uh, stage four yeah. leadership dysfunction, and you've got stage two. You're mm -hmm. going the right. same way. Mm -hmm. right. so, so that's a practical thing. I think you've got to look at the bigger picture there. But my, my way far better answer to that is from the Bible. Um, you know, yes, you're frustrated because you can't get into that position. And it's tying your life up and it's tying your years up and the best years of your life or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And so I just say, David, um, you know, David spends 15 years of his life running from the king who won't let go of the throne. And is David anointed for that? Yes. Is David supposed to be there? Undoubtedly, yes. But the thing that God did during that 15 years for David is he made sure David would never become King Saul II 
he beat out all of the uh, ego, the the control, the 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 tendency to kind of do your, and, and we even see David fails. David's not perfect. Sure. We see times, even in his reign later on, when he lapses back into behavior that you would think, oh my goodness, that's not David. That, that looks like Saul. Um, but God used that 15 years to make sure we would never have a King Saul II. And an even better wow. uh, illustration from scripture is probably Joseph. Joseph spends 15 right. years of his life. Right. Think about this, serving other people's dreams. He's, he's sent to the slave market in Egypt by his brothers. It's unjust. It's unfair. And he's thinking, like, this is blocking me from the will of God. Um, and then he ends up uh, serving in that prison. And he's such a model prisoner that he gets put in charge of yeah. the prison. Right. And the prison, the Bible says this kind of stuff. The prison had never run better. And then he's falsely accused, or he goes to the house of Potiphar. Uh, he's falsely accused. But while he was there, the Bible says Potiphar didn't have to think about anything except what he put in his mouth. Joseph ran it so well. And then he gets exalted to the court of Pharaoh, but he's still a second man there. In fact, the Bible even says he rode in the second chariot. So mm -hmm. he's a second man. Right. And he, right. he administrates this years of famine and the years of plenty, and, and, and he administrates that. So Joseph spends 15 years of his life making other people's dreams come true, <laughs> administrating other people's dreams. And he thinks I'm further and further away from home and right. my dad and, and my brothers and purpose and Israel. What he could not see is that God was backing him into his role and Joseph saved the world, not just a nation, all of the nations of the world at that time. This was a massive famine. So Joseph was exactly where he was supposed to be, even though it didn't feel like it. And while he was mm. serving other people's dreams... God made his dream that come is. true because he had the biggest dream that's of anybody so. up to that point in the old Testament. So that's what I would say to a younger man is not so curt as to say, you know, just kind of cool your jets. I, I wouldn't say it that blunt, but, but really that's what we're saying. In it's essence, just, in essence, if, if, if you really think this is about the will of God, then at some point, boy, one of the lessons you need to learn as a young man is to trust the timing of the will of God and really, the only, the only ones challenged by time are us. Yes, exactly. It, yep. it means nothing to God. It means nothing to God. So that's scary and frustrating at the same. It time. is so. <laughs> it mm. is so. Vision can handle a pause. Yes. It, it, yep. Purpose can can handle mm -hmm. a pause. Um, it's us that think our most effective years are slipping by. Yes. When John the Baptist, there is no greater. And look at the window of his ministry. Exactly. It's, That's what we don't see, is that God could set you up with all those years of frustration and you know learning about yourself, uh, be, developing yourself, rather, more than you're being allowed to develop something in the church. But God can set you up so that a few years of your leadership can be far more effective than if you'd had the reins for many, many years. Hmm. It comes back to trusting, wow. trust in God. And, and I know that's not the answer anybody wants to hear. But, but you know what? Uh, grow up. That's not the answer anybody wants to hear when they're in the trial of their life battling a disease. Trust God. But that's the answer. Right. It's not the answer anybody wants to hear when they've got opposition and enemies and, 
and, and the devil's pushing in against them. And it's like, trust God. And it's like, I don't want to, you know, right. but that is always the answer. And if we're going to actually presume that we're going to someday be in a position to lead the church, then boy, we better learn that lesson ourselves before we get up and tell everybody else they <laughs> need to learn that lesson. So. Wow, this has been incredible. It's been a wonderful privilege. Thank you. I think um, I think there's three, maybe more, three um, elements that will benefit from this: the Elijahs, the Elishas, and then the church. The, he thinks more of his church than he does me or you. Yes, absolutely. as as position, mm-hmm. as as, a, as as the role that we fill, and I think sometimes that's lost Big time. on us. It's it's we're the gift to the church. The church is not the gift exactly. to us. Exactly, that's very good. And so we need to um, stop here so we can get the schedule worked out for the next. Is it eight? <laughs> yeah, I've got eight episodes lined it's, up. It's, <laughs> so. Wow, this has been incredible. Thank you, Pastor Woodbury. Yes, my thank you for being with us, and we will have to do it again. I love you. All right.